T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI. All right, welcome back in. Brian Barrett taking you up until midnight. If you want to win on the Red Sox win tonight, any chance now, based on where the schedule is, they have an opportunity to make it into the postseason. That's on the table. If you do want to win in the Patriots, the back-and-forth play calling tonight with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, that's on the table. And the Bloom era so far, all that on the table at 617-779-7937. I did want to mention the J.D. thing real quick because I was chatting to Mike about that is – so, J.D. coming into tonight, last 65 plate appearances prior to tonight's game. And tonight, of course, J.D. Martinez goes 0 for 2. Now, he did walk, which you like to see that. At least he got on base. But last 65 plate appearances coming into tonight, 119 average, 169 on base percentage, 186 slugging percentage. Think about it. J.D. Martinez in his last 65 plate appearances is slugging 186, and he has a 356 OPS. During that stretch, he was striking out. 32.3% of the time, and since the start of June, so this has been going on for a while, since the start of June, he's hitting 213, that's 150th out of 166 qualifiers, on base percentage is 278, 148th, OPS is 628, 146th. So this has been going on June, July, and now in August, and it's getting worse as the months goes on. I just have no hope whatsoever based on what we've seen from J.D. since the start of June that he's going to be able to get out of this funk. You look at J.D. since the start of June with runners in scoring position. 32 players have had at least 65 plate appearances in those situations. So 32. J.D. in RBI, 17, 31st of 32. Strikeout rate, 26.8%. That's 28th of 32. 225 average, 28th of 32. 345 slugging percentage, 30th of 32. It's very difficult to watch because this is not the way I want to remember J.D. Martinez at a Red Sox uniform. He's been one of the great sluggers in the sport. It's an unbelievable contract that Dave Dombrowski signed J.D. Martinez to. Really, the only year you're not getting return on that is this season. Because I don't even count 2020 because that was a two-month season that really, who cares about that? He was in a mini slump and he didn't have his video. There was different circumstances there. Remember, he couldn't have the video because of the COVID situation. I don't know why I said it, the COVID situation. The situation with COVID where he couldn't watch video in the clubhouse, that obviously really played into it with J.D. But J.D. lived up to everything with that contract. Basically, since he joined the Red Sox top 10 and doubles and average and OPS and on base percentage, he's been great for this team. It's just, it really sucks watching him this way because he just looks like he's cooked. Let's get to Jonathan and Brookline. Hey, Jonathan. Hi, Brian. I love the show. So just a little more on J.D. Martinez, because he is absolutely cooked. 
since um, July 15th, was around the All-Star break. J.D. is striking out 31.4% of the time, 4.3% based on ball percentage, and his isolated power is 0.78. You look at that compared to, like, the the lowest people in the league for each of those stat categories, He is that is the worst K percentage of all of Major League Baseball and top 10 worst in base on balls and isolated slug and isolated power. So this guy is absolutely cooked. It, like you said, it's really unfortunate because, like, you love the guy. His contract was good. Another good Dombrowski contract. Not like Bloom did anything on that. But it's just unfortunate. Yeah, it stinks, Jonathan. What do you want to say about Schreiber? Oh, Schreiber, it's just like I watched this bullpen, and it's like you have a game where Schreiber pitches. You have a game where Whitlock pitches. And then the next, like, three games when b- both of them can't pitch, you're cooked. So John Schreiber, to me, is actually one of the – best relievers in baseball. He ranks to me with, like, the Edwin Diaz's, the Ryan Hensley's of the world, and the Clay Holmes. And, like, the stats back that up. Like, he's right there with K percentage and all that. So it's just, like, also, it's, isn't it kind of confusing that they gave Jake Walkman away? Like, I know he was a terrible pitcher, but he was eating the most innings on this team. Yeah, I believe that was just a money thing, Jonathan, because the reality is this. As much as I cannot stand Walkman, and if you don't know what we're referring to, we're referring to Jake Diekman. The thing is, Jonathan, he's better than Darwinson, you know. Yeah, and now they're pitching Darwinson. Darwinson. So, I mean, I guess the, like I guess they, the, I guess what they would say, Jonathan, is after they traded Vasquez, they needed to get a catcher to get Reese McGuire in here. They need oh. another catcher. I guess that's what they would say. Now I'm not crying because Diekman's gone. I mean, I, I never want to see Walkman pitch again. But it is amazing that after the trading deadline, this bullpen actually got worse. I didn't think it was possible, but it actually did get worse. It, it's just puzzling because you gave away Walkman and you literally substituted him with two guys, like Davis and Salamora Walkman, three guys actually. Davis, Salamora, and um, Henderson, Hen, whatever his name is. And those three guys are both much worse than um, Walkman. And so it's just puzzling. Like, I know, like they're making a run, Bloom says, but then they make this move. It's just like, Huh? Like, well, that's the whole problem, Jonathan. That's the whole problem, and I appreciate the call, my friend. That's the whole problem with the Red Sox right now. And it's not just a problem that we see. It's a problem that people inside of the building see where the word that came out from Alex Spears' article in The Globe was confusion. People don't know what Bloom is doing. Even people within the organization, it's not just us in the fan base, people within the organization have no idea what this guy's doing. Let's get to Colton. He's in a car. What's up, Colton? Hey, how's it going, Brian? Um, new caller calling in. I'm from Vermont, but just moved here, and your radio show is awesome. Um, I just wanted to kind of question some of the fans calling in um, to that are kind of calling for Heim's head already. Like, I get that the trade deadline was super disappointing. Um, as a Red Sox fan, like, you wanted to see him go get a couple relievers um, or even go get a big-time player, and obviously he didn't because that's not really what he does, it seems like. But, um I don't really see why they would fire him at the moment right now. I think it's kind of a big period coming up um, with the free agent class, even though, like, they're not that strong this year. Um, and it's an important time coming up with the Rafi. So here's what I'll say, Colton. Colton, here's what I'll say. I, I don't like the trading deadline just because I don't feel like he picked a direction either way. But with that being said, that's not my biggest issue with Hyde Bloom. It's not this trading deadline. My biggest issue with Bloom is what happened before the season. So if you look at what happened before the season – now, all these moves sort of go together, right? So they decide to move on from Hunter Renfro. 
And yeah. I'm okay with moving on from Renfro in a vacuum, right? Because Renfro was a flawed player. Everybody here locally didn't want Renfro to play in the postseason because, remember, the guy couldn't hit. All right, so that's yeah, fine. Exactly. That's fine, right? So you get rid of him, you bring in Jackie Bradley Jr., and you get two prospects. One of them is David Hamilton. Yeah. One of them is Alex Bonello. So And Jackie cost more money than Hunter Renfro did in terms of the contracts. So, okay, you bought prospects. Here's the issue, though, Colton. They never replaced him. They didn't replace him. Yeah, like Jackie know, Bradley yeah. Jr. is not a replacement to Hunter Renfro from an offensive perspective. Renfro gave you 30 bombs last year. You thought that you're making that move fine. In a vacuum, that's a fine move. But the next move has to be you have to get a major league outfielder. The Red Sox didn't do that. The other thing is this, Colton. If you look at what was the thing that we were all saying the Red Sox need to upgrade in the offseason? The bullpen, right? Because, yes, they made it into the postseason last year. But even if you go back to that final game of the season – Who's out there closing? Who has the walk-off curveball? Pavetta. Pavetta's coming out of the bullpen during the regular season just to get in. Now, Cora's really good at that stuff in the postseason, but that's not how it should ordinarily operate. And the one big move, the big splashy move, if you will, they make for a reliever is Jake Walkman, Jake Diekman, who's coming off a down season. So my biggest issues with Bloom is he didn't treat this team like they were close to winning a World Series last year in the offseason. I don't like what he did at the deadline, but my bigger issue is with is what transpired in the offseason. You don't replace the power of Schwarber or Hunter Renfro on this team. That's the issue I have. Yeah, no, I I think every single thing you just said is absolutely correct. Um, and I do have an issue with Heim not replacing, you know, another outfielder and just bringing in Jackie and then calling it that and then not kind of replacing any bullpen arms. And it, it's kind of sad to say, but I was a little uh, excited for Walkman at the beginning of the year and then he just absolutely sucked and – walked every single batter in a row after looking like somewhat decent sometimes with his curveball. Um, but I think I was just saying that as of right now, I don't want to see them get rid of Heim just because, I don't know, I just... I don't, Colton, I don't think they I will. To, 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 to answer your question, I don't think they will. I think unless it's really embarrassing at the end of the season, right, because you do have to factor in that this team is going to be paying the tax. And most yeah. of the other teams that are paying the tax this year, they're going to be in the postseason. I mean, all of them are pretty good with the exception. I mean, all of it. Dodgers are a wagon. Mets are a wagon. Yankees are a wagon, although they suck right now. Phillies have been incredible yeah. lately. Padres, we all know that's going to be a wild card-like team. They just traded for Soto. And then there's the Red Sox, six in payroll. Like, that's the problem that Bloom runs into here is the ownership group is going to yeah. say, why are we paying for the tax for a team that's not in the postseason? No, and I agree, and I and I don't understand, like, would they not tell him that before the deadline kind of started? Like, hey, are we going to go onto the tax? Like, you're not going to trade for someone else to, like, bring us over. Like, you're getting rid of Deakman for the money. So, I don't I don't know. Like, Well, I my thing is this, Colton. So I, th this is the issue I have. So, you went over the tax with the Trevor's story move, so why didn't you just keep going? That's what I don't get. Like, you went over yeah. the tax to sign story. Why didn't you just keep going then? Like, Another thing I looked at in the offseason, Colton, and this, and I appreciate the call, my friend. This isn't me second-guessing him. I said this at the time. I tweeted this at the time. Carlos Rodon is the type of player you need to be going after. Okay? Carlos Rodon is a high upside play because he's a huge strikeout guy. Yes, he has some injuries. But in no world is Michael Walker better than Carlos Rodon. And obviously, 43-year-old Rich Hill. In no world is he better than Carlos Rodon. So Carlos Rodon cost money, $20 million this season. But that's the type of move that satisfies the fan base and the major league players. And that's where I think Bloom has really missed the boat on this team. Is there feels like, and it doesn't really feel like, some of the moves he's made would tell you that. Is 
And I think that's a lot of the frustration that the players have is they don't feel like they're being prioritized. They feel what High and Bloom is concerned about is 2025, 2026, 2027, and not this team right now. So he's not looking at the short term at all. And that, from my perspective with this club, is a flawed way. Uh, I would say it's a flawed way to approach this, right? Because if you really look at it and you think about it, the way that Bloom approached this offseason, that's something that you would have seen from a mediocre team last year, not a team that was close to getting to the World Series. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barry taking you all the way up until midnight. If you do want to wait in the Sox, the moves that Bloom made or didn't make at the deadline, and based on the schedule, can they make a run? 617-779-7937, the number right here on EI. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. All right, trending now on WEI and WEI.com, and it's brought to you by... Nissan. You deserve a car that thrills you, and Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill for yourself. Shop your local Nissan store and NissanUSA.com today. All right, we'll start with the preseason in the NFL. The Patriots fell to the Giants 23-21. Mac Jones and the starters did not play in this one. Bailey Zappi got the majority of the time under center. 32 passing attempts. He completed 19 for 205. Good sign in this one is the rookie, Taekwon Thornton. Two catches, one of which was a touchdown. He looked really good out there. So the Patriots end up losing their first preseason game to the Giants, 23-21. to Meanwhile, the Red Sox, a much-needed win. They beat the Orioles 4-3. to Josh Winkowski, no decision for him. Five and two-thirds, he gives up three earned. He did pitch well enough to win. The problem was you tried to get him back out there for the sixth inning. I understand what Cora's trying to do. The bullpen's not good, trying to get more out of the starters. Problem was Winkowski... Got beat up there in that sixth inning. John Schreiber, a two-inning save. Two innings, one hit, two strikeouts, no walks. This guy's an absolute machine for the Red Sox. And meanwhile, Eric Hosmer, the newcomer, the big hit in this game, the double that drove in the run to make it 4-3, to three, so the game-winning double for Eric Hosmer in this one. Xander Bogarts also doubled in this game. He went two for three. Eric Hosmer, a pair of hits in this one. And Tommy Pham, another hit. Pham is making a crazy amount of hard contact since he joined the Red Sox. You heard Will Fleming allude to this at the end of the broadcast. 76% hard hit rate. That is incredible. That's balls off the bat, 95 plus miles an hour. Well, the Sox and the Yankees open up a three-game set at Fenway coming up on Friday night. It's going to be a 6-10 pregame across the Shaws and Star Market, WEI Red Sox Network. And that is sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts summer adventure at visitma.com. That's 710 first pitch across the Shaws and Star Market, WEI Red Sox Network. Shaws and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. The NBA will retire Bill Russell's number six across the league. Tom Brady has taken a leave from the Bucs to deal with some personal things. Tampa expects Brady to play in week one. And James White announced his retirement today after dealing with that hip injury. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. 
Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, we're taking you up until midnight. 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you. So if you want to win in this win for the Red Sox, does it mean anything going further? Based on the Yankees coming in with Domingo Harmon and Jamison Tyone. Now, in between there, you will get Frankie Montas. We all know is a stud that they traded for at the deadline. And then you get the Pittsburgh Pirates. So it does feel to me that this is an opportunity for this team, if they're going to make a run, they got to do it now. Based on where they're at at the standings and based on the fact that the Yankees are playing horrible right now. They have lost 7 of 8. It's not a good baseball team at the moment. It's a good team on the year, not at the moment. Not to say the Red Sox have been playing well, but if you're going to make any sort of run, it's got to be now. The other thing I want to mention real quickly here is a good sign with the Red Sox post-All-Star break, and the results have not been there. They were tonight, though, for Bogarts. Of course, he hit that double off the wall, and he had the sack fly. Bogarts post-All-Star break is hitting the ball in the air more. The launch angle's at 16.3 degrees, so it's in the air. Prior to that, it was at 10 degrees. That's why you see better contact, 31.1% line drive rate compared to 22.7% pre-All-Star break. And here's the big thing. Post-All-Star break, his ground ball rate is just 31.1%. Pre-All-Star break, it was at 46.2%. Everything was on the ground. That's why Bogarts leads Major League Baseball in ground ball hits this season. But at some point, you got to start doing damage, especially considering that he's hitting third in the order. you got to see Bogart start hitting for some power. And it feels like he's changed the approach a little bit post-All-Star break where he is hitting more balls in the air. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Rick. Rick is in New Hampshire. What's going on, Rick? Hey, Brian. How you doing? Well, doing well. there's a lot going on. A lot going on. Nothing good. I mean, if you look at things, uh, everybody's down on Bogats, but, you know, he was hitting well at the beginning of the year with power, and then he messed up a shoulder, and then he messed up a wrist, and I think he's been playing hurt for quite some time, and that's a big part of it. And then he got the slap in the face with, like, the offer, mm-hmm. and they also, you know, they gave Devers a hard time. I mean, there you go, yeah. stir the pot, makes no sense, right? Those are guys that are foundational guys. Um, along with that, I think uh, Bloom's like, deluding himself. He has a uh, staff to start the year thinking uh, Sale and Paxton are coming back. Well, guess what? It's not happened fast enough, and Sale's out for the year now. Bad luck, but, like, you know, he's done. He's cooked, and I think they're cooked because you get Rich Hill, who's ancient. Evaldi's had, you know, he's the ace, but he's had surgeries. He's been right. getting kind of, like, beat up. His, uh, you know, he's losing velocity. Pavetta, he's still trying to establish himself. Walker, they picked him up off the scrap heap, and he did nothing for the bullpen. Nothing. Yeah, you know? well, and Rick, you bring up a good point about Paxton, too, because if you think about it, this comes back to my whole idea of Bloom not prioritizing the 2022 Red Sox. Like, Paxton, you knew, at most, was going to give you a couple of games. He wasn't going to give you anything. And why wouldn't you put that money into some sort of a starting... And I know they got options on the contract, but... That's the right. type of thing where I come back to the Rodon situation. Why didn't you go after right. Carlos Rodon, a guy that you knew that could come in? And the upside with Rodon is he's number one or number two in your rotation. And that's a way bigger upside than what Paxton may be in the future. Paxton, he hasn't been the same pitcher that he was in Seattle over the past couple of years. So even if he gets back to, like, his peak, he's not as good as Rodon would have been for this team this year. And that's my whole issue with Bloomberg. I understand that he came here. They wanted to rebuild the farm system that was 
part of the mandate that he got from the ownership group, and I'm sure he sold them that he could build a long-term sustainable winner. But at some yeah. point, you got to realize like what you have at the big league club. Like It almost feels like, and Rick, I don't know if you disagree with me on this, but it almost feels like he thinks that he had a bad team last year. <laughs> like, I, like Based well, on the way he acted in the offseason, that's what it looks like. Yeah, but you look at this, though. He gets rid of Renfro and Schwab, but that's like 50, 60 home runs. What's he replace that with? Nothing. That's the problem. And we're, and we're stuck with AAA guys. You know, like we got Frenchie Cordera. You know, we got Frenchie. We got, like, uh, Duran. He can't catch balls. He's blocking the sun with his hand, not his glove. You learn that in Little League. I mean, come on. Even Lou Maloney brought that up. Yeah, I mean, well, and crazy. Rick, that, that's another thing, too, right? So he... Really, think about what he's made Alex Cora and these guys do, right? And I almost feel bad for Franchi, right? Like, Duran just sucks. Yeah. He's not a good center fielder. He, he can't play out there. He hasn't been able to this year. That's for damn sure. Maybe in a couple of years he'll be good. He's not good out there right now. But right. Franchi Cordero was playing the outfield at the minor league level. They started playing him at first base because they didn't want to play Shaw anymore, and Bobby Dahlback wasn't hitting, so they needed an alternative. So they just stick him at first base. And then right. with Christian Arroyo, remember at points this year he's playing in right field. He was horrible out there because he doesn't play there. So it's like Bloom is always trying to like fill these spots and be creative with the roster. When you're not in Tampa, you don't have to be creative with the roster. You could have just gone and got an outfielder. And the Schwarber thing really irritates me because – how many times did we hear Cora say last year a diff what the difference was when he was in the lineup? They actually had a guy that walked. Now, Pham and Hosmer do that to a lesser extent, but you had a guy right. in Schwarber that fit the market perfectly. And here's the thing, Rick. They're playing all these guys that can't play certain defensive positions. Couldn't you have found a way to play Schwarber every day? And then after J.D. leaves, next year is the DH right. every day. Like, it feels like that would have been the easy solution for not just for Bloom, like this whole idea of long-term sustainability. You had a guy that fits into the 2022 team, and then he can fit in 2023, 2024, and 2025 because that's what he got, a four-year contract at DH. Like, it was the perfect thing. Right. You knew that. The only reason why J.B. Martinez stuck around, no one wanted him. Right. So we get him back. You know, he can't play first base. Jesus, you think he could play first base? No. You know, Schwaba could play better than the other two idiots they have there because he can catch the ball. Now, the other two points were uh, basically, you know, they, with letting Vasquez go, they should have picked up Murphy. You know what I mean? I mean, that would have been the only real replacement. Yeah, I don't, know how, I, don't know how, I don't know how close they got to him. Apparently, the reporting was that the asking price was high. So, you know, if the asking yeah. price is high, that means Bloom is out of there. See ya. Yeah, You're not giving up anything. Sad. Because, like, Dombrowski would say what you want to say, but he was a good talent evaluator. And all those guys being unloaded, how many of those guys are actually all-stars? How many that, of those well, guys are really worth anything, right? Well, Rick, that's and his we, best at. That, that was Dave Dombrowski. One of his best skills was, okay, I can identify the guys in my own farm system that I know are not right. going to burn me. Because, remember, you go back to the trade for Chris Sale, and they wanted – Devers and Benintendi at points during the negotiations, and he said, right. you're not having either one of those guys. You can have Kopik, you right. can have Yohan Mankata, but you're not having either one of those players. And the same thing with the, Kim the Kimbrel trade. Manuel Margot is the best player that got traded. And that's another right. thing, like, and I think Bloom is overrating. Like, if you look at the 16 Red Sox, right, and their organization, they were ranked by some entities as the top farm system in the game. How many of those guys really worked out? Right. Well, look at the Phillies now. He rebuilt the Phillies. Unbelievable. Right? And hey. the other thing is, I think he has cachet. That's something that Bloom lacks. Uh, Bloom has all this bravado, and I think he sort of upsets other people, and they don't want to deal with him. 
You know, they kind of turn them out. They only want what they want, and if you know, every they don't want to deal with them unless it's broken or they have a, a money dump or something, and they'll never do it. And this is the last one that really burns my ass, sort of. Um, Jarris Familia, you know who he is, right? Yeah, they just picked him up to the minor league deal. He's a scumbag. He says he's got yep. a six point something ERA. He's a wife beater. He had mm-hmm. a sit out, and they're sliding him into Worcester, and they're not telling anybody really. They're trying to get him under the radar. And I'm like, you're that desperate. That tells me that Heim Bloom, his plan, he, he's desperate. And he went back on wanting to unload, uh, you know, uh, Bogots. And I think he's going to eat eat crow on this. Now, I have like a, you know, a, a season 20 game pack. I've given away 10 tickets. I won't go. I won't go sit there and, and watch inferior talent. I'll go to Wista and see, you know, a better game. And I just have not even attended this year. That's how upset I am. Uh, and, with Rick, them, I, think pe- I think people are going to start doing it, especially if they play poorly this weekend against the I Yankees. So. People are gonna- well, I can tell you this, Rick, from being on a lot of games this year, they're already like the crowds are not full. They're not nearly at capacity. I mean, the Brewers right. series was an absolute embarrassment. I mean, there was a ton of Brewers fans here, but oh, yeah. th- it's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly if they, if, they, if they don't at least become competitive down the stretch because that's when Heim Bloom will get a reaction from the ownership group because then they're going to look right. at it and say, we're paying the tax for a team that's not in the postseason. We have nobody at our ballpark. At the end of the day, this is still a business for John Henry and company. And when it affects right. the bottom line, that's when Henry's going to be upset. Well, I'm wondering if Henry wants this guy to like kind of tidy up the books and he's going to unload because he wants an NBA franchise and uh, he just bought another yacht. And I mean, He's just It's just a portfolio piece. I said that two years ago. The Sox are going to become a portfolio piece after he's won a few titles because he thinks, oh, we, you know, we get a mulligan now for the rest of you know, duration. And, the, and people in Boston, we're competitive. You know? We right. don't want to see this. You know, well, yeah. Bay, you know, it's Bubbaville. They don't care. You know? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Hey, Rick, good stuff, man. Appreciate the call. Yeah, take it easy. Hey, congratulations on your move. I'll have to check you out for football. Oh, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, we'll be on after every Patriots game, so tune on in, man. Yeah, I like intelligent conversation. You know, you get these people, they have no, they have, like, no, like, stats. They just throw stuff at you. You know, at least you have stats. You know, you go through things, you explain stuff, and, you you know, you basically, you're talking from the heart. You know, these other people, you know, they don't really care, you know? (laughs) I appreciate that, Rick. Good stuff, my friend. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779. 793.7. Yeah, so as it pertains to the portfolio piece for John Henry and the ownership group, this is what I look at. So when the ownership group took over, they were hungry, right? And they wanted to break the curse. They wanted an 04. They wanted an 07. Then they started to get a little bit of criticism again. They won a World Series again in 2013. And remember, prior to that, they spent all that money on the 2011 team, and that team fell apart, chicken and beer, all that different type of stuff. After 13, they started reloading from a farm system perspective, and the Mookies of the world, the Xander Bogarts, who was on that team at 13, but all these guys started coming up, the Andrew Benintendis of the world. They have the best team in franchise history in 18. They win the World Series, and then ownership was definitely all in because they said, screw this, we're done with the Sherrington experiment. We're going to go to Dave Dombrowski, and Dave Dombrowski, everybody knew what the reputation was with Dombrowski. He was going to come in, and he was going to win, and that's exactly what Dombrowski did. For three consecutive years, he won the division, and then all of a sudden, one year, they have an off year, and the organization moves on from Dave Dombrowski. Dombrowski did an outstanding job here. You think Philadelphia is upset that they hired Dave Dombrowski? 
That team sucked last year. Look at where they're at right now. They're competing. They have the second wild card spot in the National League. So the reality is this. All in all, it looks really bad for the Red Sox right now for multiple different reasons. The fact that you pay the tax and you're not going to make the playoffs in all likelihood. That's just embarrassing. That's a bad look for John Henry and the ownership group. And they're going to be embarrassed by that. And then secondarily, the ownership group has to consider this. Wait, hold on. We willingly moved on from Dave Dombrowski. He was the guy that we blamed for the failures in 2019. When we all know what transpired as it pertains to the Chris Sale contract, you think that was a Dave Dombrowski contract? Do you think that was an ownership contract? Ownership wanted to make sure Chris Sale was here because they botched the John Lester situation. I don't know how anybody could point to the contrary with that. You had a guy in Chris Sale legitimately say that he should thank John Lester for the contract. Chris Sale has said that. So when you put that together and you think, okay, well, ownership definitely signed off on that contract. They wanted Chris Sale here long-term. And then you look at, wait, hold on. Dave Dombrowski is the guy that got fired. So he gave a contract extension to Steve Pierce. I guess the David Price contract, is that what the fireable offense is? And as much as David Price annoyed us all, you don't win a 2018 World Series without David Price. He was the best starting pitcher for the Red Sox in that particular postseason run. Chris Sale was barely available. Remember, he had the stomach issue. He's coming off the injury. He closed out the clincher, but he was supposed to be starting that game, right? So you add up all these things, and the Nathan Avaldi contract, I guess he got fired for that. I mean, I guess that was part of the ca- calculation here as well. When Nathan Avaldi, I mean, he's pretty much, he had the one bad year in 19, and he's pretty much lived up to the contract. If you look at Fangraph's war last season, Nathan Avaldi was best in the American League. 5.6 wins above replacement last year. That was the best in the American League. So what I felt like happened in 2019 is the organization completely panicked over one bad year from Dave Dombrowski, and they felt like, hey, we got to completely rebuild this thing. And then you have Bloom come in, and his one big move to begin his tenure here is one of the most embarrassing moves you will see in the history of baseball or any sport for any executive. That trade that Bloom made goes down with the trade that the Brooklyn Nets made. And the Brooklyn Nets trade I'm talking about is when the Nets took on Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett to appear him with the Joe Johnsons of the world, the Brooke Lopez's of the world, and the Darren Williams's of the world. And in return, the Celtics got a million draft picks, which would turn out to be Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Garnett was pretty much done after that season, went to Minnesota after that. Pierce ended up going to Washington for a year after that. And that team did absolutely nothing. They didn't make a run whatsoever in the postseason. Don't forget that Clippers stint that Pierce had. Yeah, that was after Washington. Yeah, so anyway. But my point with that is just the fact that that Brooklyn Nets trade is considered to be one of the worst in the history of sports because what it ended up landing the Celtics. Okay, and then you look at it from the perspective of High and Bloom. Think about this. He traded away Mookie Betts, and he got back Alex Verdugo, like an average major league player, Connor Wong, and Jeter Downs. That is similar to the Brooklyn Nets situation because you got rid of one of the best players in the sport and your return was crap. And I can understand and to some extent justify why that deal had to happen, right? Mookie Betts, the Red Sox, to their credit, tried to get a deal done with Mookie on multiple occasions. They offered him 100 mil early on. They offered him 200 million early on. And then when it got close to free agency, they offered him 300 million. And essentially, that's the same contract he signed with the Dodgers. 
Now, it's for 365, but it's $30 million per year, pretty much. I mean, a little bit of a difference there, but that's pretty much what the contract was, essentially $30 million per season. So the reality is Mookie just didn't want to be here, okay? But the return that you got from Mookie is just unacceptable, and that's his big move as the executive of the Boston Red Sox. And I don't understand why that doesn't stick to him more with the ownership group because that's just an unbelievably bad trade. And like I said, I can understand why they had to move on from Mookie, but for a star-level player like Mookie Betts to only fetch you, and I get David Price's in there too, his contract, blah, 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 but for the best player that you got back from Mookie Betts to be Alex Verdugo, that is an absolute joke. Unbelievable to me, and that's one of the things I really look at with Bloom, like how good is he with these trades? The only one that I look at and say he won was the Pavetta trade. You get Pavetta and Seabold for Embry and Workman. This is before Dombrowski got to Philly. Philadelphia had a desperate GM just trying to get into the postseason, so they made a desperate move for two guys that weren't that good. Workman was having a good season, but nobody thought Workman was this great reliever. He was having a good couple of months, and same thing could be said about Embry, and even Embry wasn't having a great year. So that was a good trade for Bloom, but he took advantage of them. You look at the Benintendi trade. Now, maybe De La Rosa works out long-term, but we're not going to know that forever. The kid's like 20 years old. But in the meantime, you got rid of a really good player at Andrew Benintendi. And the problem that I had with that trade from the beginning was not that they wanted to move on from Benintendi, but the time they did it. The value on Andrew Benintendi was at its nadir. It didn't make sense to move on from Benintendi then because think about what happened. He was injured in 2020, and he was coming off a down year in 19 after he bulked up because he wanted to hit for more power. It ended up not working at all. He hit for less power. But the point being, his value wasn't high at that point at all. In fact, it was the lowest it's ever been. That's when Bloom traded him. He gets back Josh Winkowski, who's okay. I mean, he doesn't project to be a front end of the rotation guy long term. Really, does he even project to be a rotation guy? He can't miss bats. He, give him credit for battling tonight, but it's not like he misses bats. And then Franchi Cordero at the major league level, who sucks. He's back in AAA. That's what you got back for Andrew Benintendi. So I just don't really trust Time Bloom to make big impact moves because I think he sucks at him. 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett taking you up until midnight. Coming up next, though, I want to get into the Patriots and the play-calling situation because it was an interesting night at Gillette. Oh, by the way, from the 4 and 3... Brian, you need your own podcast, man. I listen to you talk socks for hour. I got one. It's coming up, man. By the end of the month, the ringer, Spotify. It's coming up very shortly here, okay? 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you on EA. Uh, Matt, Patricia, and Joe Judge uh, taking turns on uh, play call duty tonight on the offense. Is that the plan moving forward, having them switch back and forth? And do you plan on naming a uh, a single guy or going with both? Yeah, well, we, you know, we, we did this game. We, we did a lot of things in this game that are, you know, going to be beneficial in the long run. So whether it's on the coaching staff, playing time, players played and so forth, I mean, that's all, you know, part of the process. All right, that was Bill Belichick after the game tonight. <laughs> it's all part of the process. <laughs> that was a circus tonight at Foxborough. And look, I like a lot of the things we saw tonight. Tyquan Thornton, I love that pick at the moment that it happened. And I like it even more today, actually seeing him on an NFL field. The speed plays, people. I mean, that guy has got some real speed. But <laughs> what was entertaining to me about that, it's like this is the most interesting camp battle 
in the NFL. It's more interesting than any quarterback battle, if you will, because you have Matt Patricia calling the plays with Hoyer, and then it switches over with Zappi. It's Joe Judge. This is my hunch is in preseason game number two, whoever's calling the plays for Mac Jones is going to be the play caller. But I just don't understand. Like, if they, and my inkling is, my thought on this is, Patricia's going to be calling the plays, which, I mean, that's kind of what's been going on lately at training camp and all that. So if the belief, if my belief is Patricia's calling the plays, and let's say that that's what Bill already has in mind, then why don't you just let him get used to it and call the entire game? That's what I would hope for. If Patricia is going to be the play caller, not to say that I love that, I clearly don't. But if that's the case, why don't you just let him call the entire game? I don't understand why you wouldn't. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Jake in New Hampshire. What's up, Jake? I'm frustrated. <laughs> very, very frustrated. What's up, man? What are you frustrated with? I, I You know, between Bloom and the Patriots, it's like you can't pull maple syrup on dog poop and call it pancakes. And that's what, every day, that's what they seem to be doing. And it's like, I'm sick of it. You know, I mean... Sorry for the analogy. I could have probably come up with a better one, but that's what they're doing. Say it again, Jake. I couldn't really hear you. I'm sorry. I said you can't pour maple syrup on dog poop and call it pancakes, right? <laughs> that's what they're doing. <laughs> Are you referring to Joe Judge and Matt Patricia? And Hyde Bloom and, and <laughs> all of the above. You know, it's frustrating watching this. I mean, he left, he left the Red Sox hanging so bad because, I mean, they did not – no, like when the, the interviews with uh, Bogarts and, and JD when yeah. they when they were asked if they're going to you know make a playoff run, and they didn't know. How, how do you have chemistry when they don't even know what they're doing? Yeah, you know, and then no, they went that, 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 twenty eight to five. That's yeah. It's just pathetic. It's just I I blame I blame the front office. It's not the players' fault at all. It really isn't. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Jake. It was very aggravating to see what transpired at the All-Star Game. And I thought that should have been a wake-up call to the ownership group, how embarrassing the season has been and how embarrassing it is that you have your leader of your team is getting interviewed by Frank Thomas. And Frank Thomas asked him a very simple question. Is the goal still to make the playoffs? And Bogart says, I don't know. I think so. And that's just a horrible look for an organization. And then... Really now, is. And, at, and that was that was an honest answer too because he didn't yeah, know. He really didn't. You're right. He really didn't know. And that's the other portion of the equation is this, Jake. Now the players, JD Martinez, Xander Bogarts, they're not afraid to say things publicly. They'll just come out and say it at this particular point in time because they don't care anymore about what Heim Bloom thinks. JD Martinez legitimately came out and he said, Well, we're going to make this as difficult on Heim as it possibly can be. And that gives me that Cora made the reference to the last dance about a month and a half ago. That gives me that last dance feel. Yep. You got that right. And, and look, look how it's affected him. He's been a stud for the Red Sox. And he's having the worst batting here since he's been here. And you can't tell me that it's not. It, it's all correlated with what's going on. And, I mean, he has disrupted um, the, the chemistry uh, himself. Heinblum has disrupted the chemistry that the Red Sox, that Xander Bogart, all these guys have had regardless, and he has himself has destroyed it all. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know, uh, he, I don't know if he thinks he's in a small market town in, uh, in, in Tampa Bay and he's got to get rid of these guys, but he doesn't. And you don't get rid of somebody. You don't even consider getting rid of somebody like Xander Bogart. You don't. 
he's the leader in the clubhouse. Everybody likes him. I mean, you build around him. Guys like him. And then you got Jefferson. What, what do you want? They have the players. Yeah, well, and look, I I think part of the issue there, Jake, and I appreciate the call, part of the issue, too, with the Bogart situation is even if you say, and I disagree with this, but say Bloom, and I believe he doesn't want Bogarts around, but he doesn't want Xander Bogarts long-term, then just don't make that fake-ass offer to him, $30 million, one extra year at $30 million, because the reality is this. Everybody knows he's not going to take it, and it's going to get out there publicly. So I just don't understand why they would put that out there. If you're the Red Sox, it doesn't behoove you at all to make that type of offer to Xander Bogarts when you know, based on who his agent is, that it's going to get out there publicly. It just makes no sense whatsoever. I, I still cannot understand why they did that. But just circling back to the Patriots real quick here. I felt like Mac Jones is going to take a leap in year two. The only thing that is preventing him from doing this is the coaching staff. And I know right now, like, everything about what's going on at camp is the offense is getting off to a slow start. I'm not even as worried about that as everybody else is because they're putting in a new system, so that sort of type of stuff is going to obviously be slower than it ordinarily would be if you were coming into the same system. But the concern level I have is you can't play your starting quarterback in a preseason game today because the offense isn't up to where it needs to be yet. And I didn't think it'd take this long for them to get it down. Now, I still think ultimately this is the right thing to do. There needed to be a change from a schematic standpoint. You had to get away from the Brady offense, considering the fact that we're looking at a situation where it doesn't play to max skills. Like, you need more RPOs. You need quicker passes. And I know the Brady system had a lot of quick game in it as well. But I just feel like with Mac Jones, you need to take some of the low-hanging fruit in the NFL, the RPO game, the play-action game, and that's the hope that we see with this new offense. But it does feel like right now it's going to take some time to get all this thing into effect. And the one concern I have is, do they have the right guys doing it? We're talking about Matt Patricia and Joe Judge running the offense. And if it's taken this long to get to this point where you can't play the starters in a game today, well, that brings me more to the fact that you should just identify the guy and go with one guy. All right, thanks to Joe for producing. I'm back with you tomorrow. Have a great night, everybody. Be safe and be well. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.